Welcome to the Midwest Game Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, John, and here with me today are Brian. Hey. And Alex. Hello. Today we have a whole slew of games to talk about, but before we get to all of that, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places that you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. One of the perks to joining the Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call side quests. They usually pop up in our off weeks in the normal feed. But if you join the Patreon, you actually get them the next day. So that's always fun. And as always, we do appreciate feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com. And don't forget to follow us on Twitch as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can subscribe on Twitch using your free Amazon Prime subscription, which gives us a couple of bucks. That would be totally awesome and very much appreciated. So consider that if you have Amazon Prime and you use Twitch. Uh, Other than that, Alex, any bumpers for the network? Yes, a happy fifth anniversary to the start of Horror Movie Yearbook. Uh, wow. Uh, One, two, three, four, five. Very it's been that recently. Long. Yes, it has. 2016. Uh, also when Westworld FM started. But um, the Horror Movie Yearbook, they recently talked about Escape the Undertaker, which I brought up last time. <laughs> what the heck is that? Apparently, my neighbor's using a fucking airplane to like blow the leaves in their shit right now. <laughs> oh, that's going to be fun. Well, I'm wow. going to talk for a little while anyway. Um, uh, Escape the Undertaker was their last full episode. They did a tiny tear about the Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City trailers. So please check that out. There is a uh, international version and a U.S. version that have some differences in them. And they kind of break it down. So that will be good. Um, they also posted their first episode, The Class of 1999, again, for people to listen to. Um, they talked about such movies as The Time Machine. The Blair Witch Project, and The Sixth Sense. Um, But not The Class of 99. And Audition, I believe, as well. Uh, That is The Class of 99. Isn't that Uh, a movie, though? They didn't talk about The Time Machine 1999. They went back in The Time Machine of 1999. So the three movies are The Blair Witch Project, The Sixth Sense, and Audition. Back back when they used to cover three movies in an episode, and now... uh, Everybody's older, and um, you know things are difficult, so they only cover one. Uh, I don't. Is there a movie called The Class of 1999? No, there Isn't was. There? Um, <laughs> what was it like? The Faculty. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I think there, there was a song in that movie. I think okay. called that. Eventually, that's why they I was getting confused. Talk about the faculty at some point because Willie Willie loves him some WB thrillers. Uh, you know, starring. yeah, with like Katie Holmes and the, that crew. Yes, Dawson's Creek. Uh, yeah, Crick. Uh, and yeah, so they are planning to cover Shin Godzilla, which came out that first month that they started the show for their fifth anniversary show. So please check that out, and eventually they'll get around to talking to Halloween Kills, which we watched this weekend. Um, yeah, all that's out there. Film nerds, we gotta get together to talk some Midnight Mass. Shang Chi's also out there. Dune is coming out this Friday, um, so there should be some film nerds soon. We'll try and get that going. Um, but yeah, that's what's going on. Yeah, I want to talk so about far. Midnight Mass. Okay, I read a really stupid article about Midnight Mass today, and it made me angry. Yeah, yeah, but we some won't people, get into that now. Yeah. Uh, um, what have you John, guys- how about? 
one of us you talks first so that your your neighbor's situation can Yeah, that's fine. He's out. been doing this for like I thought he was done and then all of a sudden he's not done. Um, <laughs> How is this the first time we've had this issue? <laughs> I don't know. This isn't Jordan, by the way. I'm not this no, is the other yeah. guys on the other side of me that like their their landscaper dude is, a, is apparently using a turboprop engine to blow leaves or something out there. Yeah. Know. Very important. Anyways, go ahead. Yeah, you guys talk for a, lim- a minute here. Brian, how's back for blood? It is pretty excellent. Um, it is not exactly like Left 4 Dead, but it has enough uh, of the same uh, qualities as that game. It's um, four-player co-op versus zombies of varying, varying amounts of zombies and types of zombies. And uh, it progresses kind of similar to Left 4 Dead, where you uh, go from one safe room to another, basically. But in each safe room, you can actually buy new weapons and uh, items and stuff, like healing items and whatnot, with money that you find throughout the level. Um, And that stuff just carries over with you. You can also find stuff, and there's like... Sometimes there's extra loot locked away in rooms, and if you have a toolkit item, which is one of the things you can buy from the store in the safe rooms, you can unlock it. Okay. There's, like, different quality levels to items and stuff. Um, that's that's all fine and stuff. It's nice having, like, a larger variety of weapons, honestly, because Left 4 Dead didn't really have that many. There were, like, I think four of each type of weapon, but they didn't really vary that much in feel. Um, but now there's uh, dozens of different weapons and there's attachments and stuff for them. And, uh, it's a nice change, but it doesn't make it feel like overly complicated. I would say the one complicated thing that they added is the new card system, which is basically you, uh, through playing you, this is basically how they're trying to hook people to keep playing over and over. Mm-hmm. Um, you unlock a different kind of like consistent currency that you can, uh, or persistent, um, that you can use to unlock new cards. And the cards basically just give you uh, like a power, like they, they'll change your stat or like make playing a certain way more efficient. Like it might make you a stronger like melee player or like uh, give you more stamina so you can sprint longer without being tired and stuff like that. Um, Are there things that affect like, Oh, you're this much better with ranged weapons. And like, I don't know if there's one specifically like that, but that's kind of the idea is. Yeah. And, um, some of them also have like a negative aspect to them. Like they'll give you, it's like you do way more damage with weapons firing from the hip, but like nothing the other way, but I don't know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, you can make decks of cards at the, so that way you, you basically, you get to pick cards randomly out of your deck at the beginning of a playthrough. Okay. And those stay those uh, perks stay active the entire time you play. And every time you go to a safe house, you you can get, like, another card. 
And also you can find them randomly in the world. And all of them just stack. Like the longer you're playing, the more active effects there are. Like my stamina bar, I'm, I've been playing with Jim and some bots. And like we are, I think, halfway through Act 1. Act 1's very long, by the way. Like each act is not the same length, unlike Left 4 Dead. Um, we just have like a huge stack of active effect cards now. And and what's cool too is the game actually remembers all that stuff and you can just go back to your previous campaign exactly where you left off as long as you unlock like the uh the like save point. point yeah. Basically in the acts they break the levels into like clusters, they break them up into like two or three levels. So every two or three levels you'll get a checkpoint and then you can continue from there. Um, but yeah, it, it feels really good. Like the beta felt pretty good, but it needed some work. And now it's just like pretty much spot on now. Like the way the, the uh, shooting feels and the movement and stuff. And the, it performs really well now too, because it also supports DLSS and all that fun stuff. Nice. So um, do you know if you're playing, um, if you're playing, there's PvP, right? Where people yeah. will be the monsters. Are there also like cards and things for the monsters to get? Are there different loadouts too? Yeah, or is it mostly yeah. It's kind of like okay. I tried multiplayer or like the versus mode in the last round of the beta, I think. Um, but I haven't tried it since then. So I'm assuming it's just better balanced, but the same. Um, but it was. It was good, but it's not like that's probably the biggest departure they made from the old Left 4 Dead games is uh, basically you play either as survivors or like the humans or you play as the monster team, but it's in a static level area. It's not like progressing through the campaign like it was in Left 4 Dead. Oh, that's a bummer. It's kind of a bummer, but I can I can see why they wouldn't want to do the exact same thing over again. Yeah, and true. they they have some uh there's some changes to the campaign too that make it like not like they give you objectives sometimes in missions and stuff and I feel like that wouldn't really work too well if you're being attacked by uh player controlled zombies. Makes sense. <clears throat> But yeah, basically you, I think you're just trying to survive as long as you can, if I remember correctly, as the, the humans versus the monsters and you switch sides. And, but the monsters each round, like the humans also get currency and can buy new, like a bit like card abilities and stuff. And you can, you can upgrade the monster attacks and stuff. So Nice. Yeah. So you're yeah. enjoying it. It's on uh, Game Pass, right? Yeah. That's, yeah, even better. And I didn't have to pay for it. But yeah. I totally would have. It seems worth the $60. Um, but yeah, this should keep me busy until uh, Forza Horizon drops in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm kind of curious to hear. I feel like I haven't heard too many people talking about it in terms of like, it does sound like it's taken on a lot of the modern trappings of this kind of game with kind of the lootishness of 
the card system and, and that type of stuff. So I'm curious if older Left 4 Dead, how many older Left 4 Dead fans are like okay with it like you are, and if there's any that are kind of pushing back that were like, I kind of liked my simplistic, like, you know, everybody's got the same gun, there's no differences in perks or anything, and that type of stuff. Um, I feel like there's a lot of room for some Left 4 Dead fans to be like, yeah, no, I didn't want that in this game. But, you know. Yeah. I guess we'll see. I don't know. I think it's all understandable. Like, these kind of games have to evolve in some way. Yeah, I think it would be difficult for people to pay 60 to $70 for a Left 4 Dead 2 amount of content nowadays. Whereas, like, you know, there's so much of, like, oh, you gotta play this game forever. I gotta be able to get hundreds of hours out of this stuff, otherwise it's not worth my money at all. Like, I think the mentality has changed even more than it used to be like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Depends on the kind of game, I guess. But... Yeah, I'm hoping we can all try it sometime. I mean, you guys have no reason not to download it. Yeah, I downloaded it. I I wanted to play some before this, but I'm so frustrated with PCs in general that I kind of never want to turn it on, so it makes it <laughs> difficult for me to actually play games on it. <laughs> but um, maybe one of these days we can we can get together and play some and, you know. Mm-hmm. Is there, there's not any cross-play? I don't know. Um, yeah, there is actually. Is it like all open or is it I'm just... not sure. Like I, Jim was playing on Xbox and I was playing with him, but I, I think you can play with people on PlayStation as well. I'm going to do the search to find out. But, um, yeah, it sounds like whether you're playing on PC, Xbox one or PlayStation five and what about Xbox series X? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, all of them. You'll be able to join a party with friends on any platform. And you yeah, can also it, disable crossplay and restrict your pool of available players as well. It gives you a, a unique name when you sign in. Like, it okay. basically just takes whatever name you have and adds numbers to it. So that way you can find, or you can be found from uh, other platforms. Makes sense. That's cool. Is it on uh, PS4 and, like, Xbox One? Do you know? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Based on what I just saw. Well. Maybe we can, uh, I feel like Nick would probably want it. I don't know if Gojo would venture back. Has Zach played any? Do you know? No, I'm pretty upset about that. Yeah. Hope he's listening right now. I know Fuzzy <laughs> and a couple of his friends picked it up, so. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was torn between staying in and playing with them last night or getting out and about. I opted for that because I'm all alone for the next few days. I figure all I'm going to be doing is playing video games, so. <laughs> might as well go out while you're feeling it yeah it was a nice crisp cool night makes sense well cool it helps when That's your good. ride is free too right oh yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i just i need my own app i need an app the uber john, john. yes john john uber right, i'm gonna make my own discord server so that when any of you guys need a ride you just hit me up in there Okay. I call. I called. I usually. I. I was uh, at one point getting ice cream for our neighbors and for us, and I call it Alex Dash. So <laughs> I want an Uber Tesla sometime. I haven't ridden in that car yet. <laughs> well, we'll see what we can do about that. <laughs> Too maybe, bad. Maybe you, maybe you John's have... maybe John's driver platform will be hiring uh, extra people. drivers. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. need some drivers. I guess you could just be Uber, Uber Morel and then you'd be good. There you go. Just 
covers i'm surprised like i haven't heard more about that sort of thing with like the rise in like the uber costs and stuff like that just friend pools like being like okay who's the dd who's gonna drive everyone around and we'll just venmo you money like i mean i'm up late enough i could i could pick people up at close like it's not it's not that's not a problem Uh, i didn't make it that long last night we ended up playing pga yeah i I went and picked him up at like 10 (laughs) o'clock it was pretty early (laughs) well no i know you guys are like old now you don't stay up anymore yeah well i mean we were up i mean i think i went to bed at like 12 30 yeah and i finished out that round with with uh alan (laughs) whoa so yeah, my golfing was declining rapidly, and I, I was to, tired. I, ended I went up to with bed a, at midnight. I ended Friday up with a minus twelve uh, on that course. Nice. I can't adapt, man. Like playing with the controller is so much harder I, than I'll using a mouse. I'll be honest with you the the there's definite latency on the PlayStation playing with like three people. I didn't notice it when it was just Alan and I playing like a couple nights ago or whatever. Like I didn't feel that same latency, but like last night with three of us, like I felt there was a definite delay in response to the controls. Interesting. Did not notice that at all, but then my motor skills were delayed anyway. So (laughs) speech were slurred. So there's a delay from Brian's brain to his hands before it even got to interacting with the system at all. Yeah, so, and I mean, Alan was in the chat here. He just said he's going to go practice PGA and try to actually win. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice that we got that th- through uh, PS Plus, though. Yeah, it's, absolutely. Like, I don't mind. I'm not really, like, married to my unlocks and shit, although I got to make my avatar look yeah, stupid I, again. Yeah, I, I reworked mine last night when I thought you were going to come onto PC when I wasn't paying attention to my phone. So I like reworked my whole avatar and his outfit and everything tried to make him look even more like me in his face. And then I ended up like winning two actual PGA tournament, like games, <laughs> like rounds. And then I was like, Oh, I guess he's not coming on. And then I like looked at my phone and you're like, we're on PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, I just literally sat here for an hour and like ripped through two fast <laughs> tournaments and I was ready to go to bed. And then I was like, ah, fuck it. I'll do another one. And like hopped on and played with nice. you guys. But yeah, there, yeah there's, there's some latency that like, it, it definitely is way more apparent. Like I, like I said, I noticed it with three of us playing via, online uh over playstation but i i've never noticed any latency playing on pc with a controller so. do you have your tv in the right mode uh what's the right mode i mean it's like a game mode or whatever that with lower latency i don't know how to do that well it wouldn't have changed if if it was like between two versus three people online so I don't yeah know. it was it was fine when i was playing with alan the other day like i said okay so anyways maybe you need better internet also Probably. Possible. I wouldn't doubt that. Comcast kind of blows a lot. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Fuck you, Comcast. You suck. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, yeah. What, uh, I think he's kind of done leaf blowing. He was still out there for a minute. Um, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> but I can, uh, I can talk about Far Cry 6 for a minute. Let's hear it. Uh, Far Cry 6 is. Pretty fantastic, if I'm being completely honest with you. I feel like they, I don't remember who, I think I was explaining this to Brian maybe or somebody else. I don't remember exactly who, but Far Cry 3 is probably my favorite. It has a great narrative, great voice acting, great acting in general. Great Um, villain for a while. Yeah, is fantastic. And the gameplay itself is very Ubisoft the game, whatever. Far Cry 4 
I don't know why I didn't really care for it as much as I thought I would or wanted to, but it just didn't really do that for me. Far Cry Primal was so dumb that it was kind of fun, but not <laughs> really worth anyone's time. In Far Cry 5, I feel like they just threw you right into the shit and, and were like, here you go, here's a whole world. Here's the, here's the entire uh, central um, uh, United States. Like, go and have a blast. And, like, mm-hmm. it wasn't fun for me. I don't no. know. I know Nick really loved it, and he's talked about it at length, about how great it is, and then doing the... Um, the new, new dawn. dawn expansion and like being yeah. going through the same areas after they've been changed over like the course of a couple decades or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I just, I never, I couldn't get into it and I don't, I don't really know why I just felt like maybe it was too overwhelming and far cry six. Um, there are a lot of really cool, unique weapons. I do really like the, um, what's it called? I can't remember now. The backpack rocket launcher thing that you get is like sick. Like, because <laughs> there's all these anti aircraft guns that, like, the only way you can blow them up is by using like explosives. And like, the biggest explosive thing you have is the backpack launcher. So you like stand next to these anti aircraft guns and you launch all these little rockets at them. And oh, I was insane. hoping it was like, like, uh, Boba Fett Kenner action figure. Like, you have to lean over and like, <laughs> that's one what I was envisioning. No, well, I, there is there. So there are. Okay, let's let's we're gonna bring it back a little bit. The game starts on like a cent- like a beginner island kind of place that's actually like very big feeling, even though it's not once you see the actual scope of the entire world that exists in this game. Like this island that you start on is tiny compared to mm-hmm. everything else. Um So like Far Cry five, they start you on a little island. Sure, yeah. But this is different. <laughs> like anyways, <laughs> like I what if it's the exact same island maybe, from Far Cry Maybe it is, man. I don't know. Anyways, but it's main, different because the vegetation's your tropical. Main, your main character, Danny, is trying to become part of like the revolution to like free all the people in their land from this crazy dictator dude played by um, Giancarlo, Giancarlo Esposito. Yeah, and uh, he's fantastic as always. Mm-hmm. I mean, the dude is—he plays such a great villain. Uh, in comparison to Voss from Far Cry Three, like he is. Uh, a little more controlled, but equally as terrifying, I guess, would be mm. the best way to put it. Um, they apparently just need to hire Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul actors for yeah. the from now <laughs> it, on. Because and, and they're killing it, you know? Yeah. Um, to to be fair, uh, what's his name that does Voss? Is it Michael Michael something? Mando? Yeah. 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 I mean, he did Far Cry 3 before yeah, that's Better fair. Call Saul. That's yeah, that's fair. true. Um. But anyways, you start off on the island and you um, you actually like start in like a city and then you, you get moved to the island at one point. I'm not going to do any spoilers or anything, but the as you progress through the island, you then are basically becoming part of the revolution and you get moved to like the base island for the revolution. And then from there, it's like the world is your oyster. So like it takes a little while before they really throw you into the shit. But by that point, I feel like I had a better... like grasp of like everything going on and Mm -hmm. um you like you get a companion like right off the bat almost you get the guapo like you get guapo the alligator and he is the shit he wears like a track jacket (laughs) and he's got one big ass gold fang like he's just such a little badass (laughs) and you can send him off to kill people and like when you do that he'll put him in like an alligator death roll like he'll grab him and then he does like the spin thing where he like basically snaps their neck and kills them and uh it's it's fantastic and 
he follows you everywhere you go. And I like there there isn't a skill tree from what I can tell. Like the skill tree is gone. They've added mods to all of the weapons and things to give you abilities like that. And they also have different armor sets now that give you uh, different abilities and stuff like that. So like Hmm. there's the scrounger armor set that when you have it on, if you have the whole armor set on, I don't know if there's like a group bonus, but like each individual piece has a bonus. So you can kind of build armor sets that have different perks to them based off of like the way they look and what they do. Um, I'm currently using the parkour armor set that allows me to have faster running speeds when my weapons are put away and things like I think a longer jump distance and things like that. And then the scrounger one will allow you to pick up items without having to stop and pick them up. Like it'll just automatically grab them like ammo typically off of like enemies and things like that. Nice. Then there's stuff that there, you know, there's the Fuego armor set that keeps you from burning. Like it, it basically like dampens any fire damage. There's the hazmat suit that stops poison damage. There's, you know, things like that. So there's all these different armor sets that are really cool. Um, they all change the way your character looks. You can play as a male or a female version of Danny. Although I think the female version is the native version that they want you to play as, which is cool. Cause it's nice having like, you know, these badass like female protagonists are always cool. You know, I, mm-hmm. al- I've always loved Lara Croft big fan of the tomb raider series this is this feels like a first person tomb raider in a way because I've, I've done a few missions now where i'm hunting treasures and going through caves and things and like having to hold my breath for long periods of time and stuff like that so it's uh it's cool i'm really i'm digging it like it, it's definitely again it's ubisoft the game there's a lot of like climbing things and collecting this and that and like you know you, you i'm doing a lot of stuff where i run into like uh prisoners that are being held at the side of the road by one of the um uh like the mercenaries or whatever and i'll you know kill the mercenary and free the prisoner and the prisoner's like here here you can find all these like these treasure chests or whatever to show me where they pop up on my map all the icons where i can go and find these chests and so i've i haven't progressed a ton in the story because i often find myself just grabbing a helicopter and going to these locations to collect all the things because i Mm. like collecting them and i like exploring them and one of the my favorite things about these sorts of games is the challenge of like how do I get to that point on the map? Because there's so much verticality or like, where is the part where I can attach my grappling hook and like finding those, like they're puzzles in and of themselves. And I really enjoy that. So I'm digging this game. It does have multiplayer. I don't ever feel the need or want to ever play multiplayer in these games because I like the exploration aspect of it, which I don't think lends itself to a multiplayer co-op situation, but it would be a lot of fun when like there's certain um, side missions you can do where you have to collect like a, a airdrop cache that drops okay. and you got to, you have to race the clock. So it's like you call it in and then you have three minutes to get from the, where you are to wherever the airdrop is on the coast. And when you get to the airdrop, the mercenaries are already there trying to take it. So then you have to fight them, but then they're calling in reinforcement. So it would be sweet to have somebody else there and and there's just a massive firefight and everybody's blowing shit up and throwing grenades and whatever like that it would just be a lot of fun um and much like other far cry games the fire uh abilities all ignite the environment around you so you can torch an entire village if you want kind of Mm. thing like or you can blow through an entire forest if you you know with your blowtorch and you get a flamethrower like right off the bat because one of the first missions you have to do is go like basically tear down an entire tobacco field and stuff so it's uh it's fun i'm having a great time with it i think if you're a fan of the far cry series you will enjoy this game the narrative is really really good the voice acting is incredible 
the characters are funny and cool. Um, I did finally run into the wiener dog whose name is Chorizo. I was introduced to him, but I have not befriended him yet, but he will be my companion throughout the rest of the game at this point. I know there are other companions that you can get, and there is also a cockfighting minigame that the animal rights activists are throwing a shit fit over right now, which I can't wait to get to because I love that kind of shit. Not cockfighting, but just things that people are pissed off about. I like I like being not pissed off about them. Um, but, yeah, I... Uh, it's it's uh it's a far cry game you know what i mean the guns some of the like some of the guns definitely they don't feel like pea shooters anymore there's a couple of the rifles that do but like there's a shotgun that i got that like i mean this thing it kicks and like on the playstation 5 which is where i'm playing this with the adaptive triggers and the yeah. haptic feedback the guns feel incredible the driving is really cool like just the way the controller changes based off of what what kind of vehicle that you're driving is really interesting so I, like I was about that. to say, I wonder if the dual sense and its haptics would maybe change my opinions on a Far Cry game, but um, I don't know if I want to take that chance. Yeah, I mean, I have a hard copy of it, so when I'm done with it, if you want to borrow it, or Brian, same thing for you, if either of you guys want to borrow it, like, it's available. I It's it's great, I think. I Like, I'm really enjoying it, so I, again, if, if anyone is a fan of the series, I think you will like it. If you're not necessarily a fan of the series... You may want to give it a shot, especially on the PS5, to just try it with the haptic controller because it's it's something else. Does anything bad happen to Chorizo yet? I mean, other than the fact that he already has a bad back and has a wheelchair, I don't think so. Like he's already yeah. like disabled wiener dog. Yeah, but he's got a wheelchair, which is good. Some, I, I haven't cares. seen what his perks are, but for instance, like Guapo has the ability to like heal himself in battle. Okay. And he can also revive himself when you get to a certain point. Like you, the all of the companions have, um, they have like an experience system as well, based off of things that they do. Like if you're just running through the wild and Guapo is like murdering like weasels and things as you're running past mm-hmm. them, <laughs> he ends up getting like he he like he, he everyone he kills gets added to like this count, and then once you hit like I think 500 like animal kills or whatever, like he levels up to something like murder. But he's always running around killing shit. I mean, five hundred rabbits. Yeah, <laughs> but it can get crazy. Like it's this is this is a the the AI isn't the greatest. Like most Far Cry games, like it just they they just are there and they call for backup and it can get kind of overwhelming. And like they always know where you are. It you know yeah. that sort of thing. And like I was doing a mission last night where I had to find this weasel. It was like a super weasel that was like hunting down. It was hunting down a guy in a village. Like it would always find him and like hurt him. And so like, <laughs> so there were all these, I got these messages. It's like this weasel's hunting down this guy. You should go check this out or whatever. So I get to the village where the weasel is and the guy had trapped the weasel in like his back shed. And so the second I let the weasel out of the shed, he attacks me of course and knocks me down. But then he goes back hauling ass out into the open and as i'm running out i then start aggroing like every enemy in the area so then all of a sudden i'm trying to kill this weasel and not lose him because he's clearly special there's something about him that i I need to kill him to get the key that he had swallowed to open the treasure chest at the guy's house that has like a special (laughs) what the hell 
That's pretty far-fetched. But as that's happening, I'm being, like, pelted with bullets from all of these enemies that I had aggroed the whole time. And so I finally murder him, and then I'm basically just going through the village, just, like, shotgunning all of these enemies, like, just taking them all out, because I'm, like, I got so fed up with how many I was surrounded by, and then I just (laughs) murdered all of them. That sounds like me playing Deathloop and screwing up. Mm -hmm. That's basically... That's it. Everybody's going. I mean, I don't know how else you would have fought. I think it's, it's part of... It's part of the the thing when you fight the weasel that he escapes. Like I think that's just part of the nature of yeah. like that particular encounter is that he will get away. But like the enemies are always on random patrols. So like mm-hmm. if you're running past them with your gun out, they are aggroed to come after you. If you put your gun away, like they don't necessarily follow you unless they uh, s- unless you get too close to them, kind of thing. There's yeah, it's it's. Uh, I'm it, sure the it, the weasel is. Um... The weasel's probably programmed to like collide with whatever random patrols he can. Yeah, to try maybe, and shake maybe you, his basically. whole point is to get the patrols to like interact with you so that it slows yeah. you down or whatever. But either way, it's it, it's fun. Um, I'm having a is great. The, is the whole mission called Pop Goes the Weasel? No, I don't remember what it was called. It had something to do with the guy who was being hunted by the weasel. Oh. But yeah, there's there's a few like I, I always liked those hunting missions. I think in Far Cry th- three they were the best because like you had to go to a particular area, you had to use like certain plants to like sense the animal and things yeah. like that. That was really cool. I liked that. But that doesn't exist five... in this now. Like you go to a specific oh. area and like the animal's just there and then they mm-hmm. attack you and like that's kind of boring to me. I liked the hunting yeah. aspect. Five was like that too, right? I feel like the they just let you do whatever and nothing had any meaning because they came stupid. Like the, <laughs> that's kind of how there's I like felt no about structure to it. <laughs> like I, I understand like open world is fine if there's interesting stuff to find, but everything is just so fucking bland. Yeah. Well, the thing yeah. is with, with far cry five, I think, because once you get to the main like meat of the story part, that's when it opens up into this open world fest and they it, they just throw you in it. And it's like, here are five uh, sections of the land that we're in and you can go to any of them in any order or don't was okay. like, that's the gist of that game. And it's like, Off. yeah, it, it like didn't, it like gave you the options, but never pointed you in any particular direction in this one. It kind of does the same thing in that once the game opens up, it's like, okay, there are these three sections of the land you have to go to, and you got to get each of the factions on your side, and we suggest you go to this one first. And so then it's like, okay, cool, there's a little bit of a directive here, I know where to go, I'm going to go in that direction. And then while I'm heading in that direction, every other little treasure chest and event that pops up, I'm going to stop and do that, because I don't want to miss anything or I want to collect all the armor sets so I can get the cool stealth armor that you get at some point that's based on, like, the tribal area. You know, there's... It, it definitely, like... Or like, I gotta skin, like, 35 weasels to make a bear. Oh, well, that's the thing, is, like, the to... weasels and stuff, like, you don't even use the skins anymore. Again, the hunting was kind of scaled yeah. way back, which is a bummer, because, again, I really liked that stuff, but... In this case, you're taking... You're, you're, you can fish, which is one. There's a fishing minigame to fish and catch fish. And then you are basically when you hate kill, fishing games, when you kill animals, you take the meat from them. So then you're trading the meats and the fish for supplies that you need to upgrade your weapons or to unlock okay. different mods. So it's still the same idea of like it's a skill tree, but 
but every gun has like a different skill tree and you've got to unlock all those different things for each gun. And some of the guns have overlapping abilities. So like if you end up picking up a new handgun and you want to use that one instead, but the old handgun had all your unlocked abilities on it, you have to now unlock the same abilities on the new handgun. Mm. which is kind of a bummer because then it's like, yeah. oh, I, I, if I knew I was going to find a better handgun or one I liked more, I wouldn't have invested all of these resources into this particular weapon. So that kind of sucks. But overall, I'm really enjoying it. It's extra good because Brian bought it and I didn't pay for it. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, sweetest way to play always, Far Cry game. I always hate paying for stuff. So it's nice <laughs> not to. Um but yeah, I, again, if you're a fan of the Far Cry series, I think you will love this game. If you're not a fan of it, I think on PlayStation, at the very least, give it a shot. Because on PS5 with the new controller, it's pretty sick. The new controller I'm, is a huge <clears throat> selling point for that console. I tried yeah. to um, I tried to look up and see if they're doing the same thing that they did a while back in terms of like the... Uh, you can have someone download like the trial version of the game to oh, play yeah, like co-op the play, with you, the play but I share don't, or whatever. Yeah, I don't know if that's still the case or not. Unfortunately, and I can't, I can't, I haven't found the Google terms to properly answer that question. But um, I'd be curious to know if they're still doing that or not. I think that started with like Far Cry Four, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I think I have like four games installed or something, so I probably don't have any space for that on my <laughs> PS Five. Probably. Probably. Just um, go buy an SSD that's half or more than half the cost of the console. Are, are we talking about any other games we played before Dread or sure. just do Dread? What else? I didn't play anything like new, but oh. we... How's Destiny? I'm not going to talk about Destiny because <laughs> I, I don't feel like <laughs> Damn it, it this to be honest. been the episode, but it's, it's not going to be because I brought it up. It's my fault. Um, anyway. Well, they have the Halloween thing going on if you want me to talk about Destiny, and it's really boring. don't really want you to talk about Destiny. And that's about all I have to say about that. Good. Uh, But like Destiny, we played uh, The Division 2. We finished, Mm. uh, what's that expansion name? Uh, The Warlords of New York. York. Yeah, John and I finished that out. That was fun. Good. Um, Now we can get to the good stuff. The end game stuff in The Division games is actually good. And probably like the best part in a way. That's um, cool. and then I played Ghost Recon, uh, Wildlands, Wildlands again. Yeah, played with Jordan and his gang like once, and that was pretty fun. That game holds up well. Mm-hmm. It is fun. There's lots of things to do for actual reasons. You know, <laughs> everything you pick up has like a purpose. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like peak ubisoft the game unlike many games they've made since then yeah the division two i would say is definitely up there as well but they're not like the de- main developer of yeah, that Ma- game is the main developer yeah. but that's they also like the, the difference between the two is, is like one of them is a is a full-blown rpg the other one is like a full-blown milsim you know in a way like yeah so there are vast differences with them but they're they're both great in their own right, and I still like nobody nobody touches Breakpoint, but I think Breakpoint is great. Like I, it's probably fine now that they did all those fixes and stuff to it. But 
I mean, I never finished Wildlands, so I'm always down to go back to that. Like all before of those, I go to Breakpoint. All, well, I mean, Division aside, but like Breakpoint and Wildlands feel they're games that I personally feel like I can just hop in and have a good time and hop out and not really have to think much about it. Even though there is like a cohesive storyline and everything, they're very much like sandboxy where you can just go in and do whatever you want and have a good time for a couple hours and then turn it off and go away. You know, like I never feel lost coming back to them. Yeah. Those games for me kind of took the place of destiny in the sense of like, um, you know, hanging out with people talking, just having fun, killing stuff while you're catching up with friends and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Except you don't have to do dailies and therefore it's like way better. There's like no like you don't have to, <laughs> don't have to go back loot. to the tower to get bounties. Yeah, I don't have to turn in my bounties or anything, like none of that crap. Just just killing stuff and having fun. I had my mind blown like a month or so ago. I was told that you can actually download the Destiny app to get your bounties now without going back to the tower. I was like, What? <laughs> That sounds like a lot of work, though. I'd rather just... What if you could hit option or hit the pause menu and just get them there? It's incredible. Yeah. How about that? It took them fucking nine years to figure that shit out. What if you just automatically picked up all of the bounties? Yeah, what if they were just in your inventory every time you start the game? Like, that would fucking... That's fucking genius. And if you don't turn them in that day, guess what? You don't get your bounty. Like, I don't know. What Anyway. Yeah, that makes sense. Um... All right. Should we take an intermission before you uh, gush about dread for like two hours? You guys can like just walk hours? away, and then if you want to come back in like <laughs> 4 p.m. or so, I should be good. He's going to look like Alex Jones. He's going to get all close to the microphone and the I'm camera. I'm going to take my shirt off. I'm going to talk about male supplements. and then Start I'm gonna... sweating. Yeah. This is the protein power, right? powder I use to play Metroid. <laughs> Uh, Metroid Dread is out. Uh, it's been out for a little over a week. Oh, I was going to look up and see here. So I've beaten the game four times in that week. Wow. Um, and, uh, generally when I play a Metroid game, I like to play and get a hundred percent first. Yeah. It still hasn't, it won't tell me my, my switch level time played. So I only know what the game has told me, but anyway, why are your joy cons blue? I thought they were white. Because I don't like the white. I don't have any white in my living room. I just want the blue or black or anything. Anyway, anyway, we'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> yes, so Metroid Dread. Uh, first time through took me about 12-ish hours according to the in-game clock, which doesn't include any time that you die. And so um, that got me to 100% on normal mode. And then when you beat the game... Uh, Basically, there's two difficulties. You unlock hard mode after you beat the game the first time. And then there's, like, the ending of a Metroid game has gotten to the point where it's like, oh, if you beat the game with these certain conditions, we give you a different picture. Like, it's Samus, you know, standing somewhere, or she's got, like, the full suit on, or, like, just the helmet is off, or that that type of thing, any of that type of stuff. Like, if you beat the original Metroid and got all of the items or whatever and beat it in a certain amount of time, that was like, oh, Samus... Samus is a girl, because you can see she's not, you know, whatever. Who cares about that? But anyway, you get a different picture if you beat the game in under four hours versus under eight hours versus at all in both difficulty modes. And so, first time through, collected 100%, and uh, it took me about 12 plus hours. And then I played it again just to kind of be like, how realistic is under four hours? 
So I, I did that and that wasn't a hundred percented, but I got there like four hours and 20 minutes and then I beat it one more time on normal difficulty. got it in like three, three twenty or something like that. And then finally I just decided, I'm like, it's funny cause I started up bloodstained cause I was like, I'm going to play a new game or whatever. And I was like, no, I, I can't do this. I'm like, maybe I should just go back to those Castlevania games I was playing before I picked up Dread. So then I turned on the Switch, and then I saw the Metroid Dread icon. I was like, no, I gotta play hard mode. I gotta beat hard mode now. <laughs> so then I turned it on, started hard mode, and I beat it in one night, three three or four hours later. And now I have all of the ending pictures for Metroid Dread. But anyway, <sighs> this game's incredible. <laughs> It is. It deserves to be up there with the best of Metroid games. Um, you can't like the the thing that I like the most about it is that like when I've been playing these other Metroid games, it's generally like you're gonna run in, spam a bunch of missiles at the boss, you beat the boss, you walk out, you continue your day. But with this one, you actually have to like recognize the patterns of the bosses and actually like avoid their attacks. And then there's like um, quick time event like parries that you can do to deal more damage to them more quickly and take them out faster that type of thing and i really enjoy that but some people have been calling it quite difficult um i think it's you just you just have to be a little more able to like sometimes you mess up at the boss and you gotta take another whack at it and that's just how it is and i've managed to get to a point with these games where that doesn't bother me I think some people feel the same way about the Emmy sections, which is where the parts of each level where you're being followed by the droid that will basically insta-kill you. Like, the checkpoints are so good that anytime you cross that threshold into one of the Emmy sections, it'll, like, take you right back to that point if you get caught by one of the Emmys. So it's not like you're starting over from your save file to get back to where you were, which is really nice. And I think that does a lot to make sure that people don't get too frustrated by those sections but i know that that doesn't work for everybody but um yeah like this is it's a metroid game you're getting those power-ups um it adds the parry stuff in from the other mercury steam metroid game which is the remake of metroid 2 which is on 3ds and uh, it's very satisfying to like be running and then something goes to like attack you you get that flash and then you hit the parry and then basically, like, if you parry an enemy, then it's basically a one-hit kill. Because yeah. Samus will auto-aim at the enemy, you shoot at them, and then they're dead. Which is nice, after you parry. Otherwise, you have to shoot things multiple times to kill them, for the most part. Um, the other thing that's interesting for those who haven't played Samus Returns is that this game incorporates the 180-degree aim system... Where like you hold the L button to plant Samus's feet, and then she can, she can aim in any direction with her gun, basically. And so like, it makes it so that you can kind of, you know, you sacrifice your ability to move in order to get a more precise hit on your enemy, basically. And I think that that stuff works really well in these games. Um. But yeah, I mean. <sighs> I, there's nothing to not like in this game, in my opinion. Like, it's a little short, maybe, like 12-ish hours for a $60 game. Some people might not like that, but $5 an hour for some, some great Metroid game, I think, for me, absolutely works. Um, and just, like, the other thing about it is the mobility of this game. The speed with which Samus runs. They added a new slide mechanic, which 
allows you to kind of go through some of the morph ball locations before you get the morph ball, which is interesting. You can also slide under some of the bosses when they come to attack you, that type of thing. There's just a fluidity to all of it that I don't really feel in a lot of games. And, you know, something like Dead Cells feels a little bit better than, you know, when I booted up Bloodstained for a second and tried to, like, play that game. It felt like I was, like, walking through mud. Um, <laughs> something about Metro... And I love Dead Cells, and I love... I also Bloodstained is also great, but something about Metroid Dread just feels so good that I, you know... I, I don't, I hope this isn't the end of like Metroid overall, which I, I don't think it will be since it's selling pretty well, but they were like, this is the end of the current Metroid story as it is. And speaking of the story, like the, I'm not going to spoil anything. I wish I had somebody to spoil it with because the things that they do with the story, like Metroid games aren't known for their story, but over these five games, I think there's a very compelling and cool story. And the things that they do at the end of this game, I think are so cool and interesting and fun and awesome. Like it just unfolds in a very cool way. And and I enjoyed that a lot. Um, but yeah, I'm trying to think what else, what else do I have to say here? Cause like the map is amazing. Like, overall, the map looks very overwhelming the first time you pull it up, but once you do pull it up, you can you can basically select, like, elements of, like, oh, this is a missile upgrade, and I want to see where all of the missile upgrades are. So you hit the Y button, and then it shows you all of them, and the ones you haven't collected are, like, highlighted yellow, the ones you have are highlighted white, but then it shows you across the map, like, here's where all the missile locations are that you've run into. And then maybe there's some that you haven't run into where it will show you, like, a box over where it is and, like, kind of pulsate. So it's like, oh, you could find a missile upgrade here somewhere, you just haven't seen it yet. So it makes it a little bit easier to kind of be like, oh, I just picked up this, uh, I picked up the plasma beam. So I'm going to highlight every single door that has a plasma beam shield on it. And then that way you know, like, oh, I can go there now and open this door up because I now have the plasma beam. And so I think some people are getting frustrated with some of the... Um, this game holds your hand 0%. Like, there's no... There's not waypoints or anything like that. Like, you'll walk into the objective room and then, like, your computer assistant will tell you, hey, you should go do this or go here. But it's not like, this is the the route that you need to take. It's like, go do this thing. And then you have to figure out how to get there. And usually, like, I think after playing the game four times, it now to me is very obvious that it's like, oh, you just got got this upgrade. There's going to be something you can now reach that will take you to the next part of the game that you need to get to. But there's a lot of, like, revisiting areas of the game that makes it kind of difficult to keep track of that stuff. It's not just like, oh, you're in Artaria, and then you go to... Kataris or whatever it's called like you clear all of that out and then you keep going no you're, you're like revisiting multiple times to get some of the major upgrades to access more of the map so I, I think mean, that's, some people that's are, how prime was you know yeah it's how I felt like yeah i felt exactly that way absolutely and and i think i think it works pretty well honestly like you'll notice that there are major sections of these maps that you can't quite reach because you don't have something yet and then it's like oh i finally get this thing and i can come back um, and it makes sense, which is cool. Um, but yeah, 
Is there anything else that I really, really want to hit? Like, I think it's great. If you've never played a Metroid game before, this one might be a little bit difficult, but I think you'll get the hang of it if you keep at it. Um, some people really hate the Emmy encounters. I kind of enjoy them. Like, for the most part, for me, they give you some techniques to be able to evade the Emmys. Like, there's, like, an invisible cloaking or, like, this kind of dash thing that you get. And... It like if you want to go slow, you can, but there's very much like a point where they tell you like when you run into an Emmy, you just need to survive. You're not exploring anymore. You're not killing other other enemies or anything. You need to get the hell out of that section of the game. And there's a lot of moments of you like dipping in to go over to get through a door that's on the other side, and then you come back in again later to get through to another part. And then eventually you find a room that has a boss, like a little boss thing that you basically destroy. And then it gives you the energy that you need to destroy the Emmy. So then you can finally destroy the Emmy and then the whole thing opens up. You can explore it at your leisure. You don't have to worry about the Emmy at all anymore in that section of the map. So I think if people know that, it might be a little bit less intimidating than like, you know, Mr. X in Resident Evil where he's going to keep coming after you until you get past a certain part of the game or that type of thing. So, and and for me, it was mostly just like, I'm not going to slow down and try to do anything. I'm going to move as fast as I can and where I can not pull Emmy's attention, I'll be okay. Like they have like sight cones basically that kind of tell you, um, if they're going to see you and there's red, like she'll, she'll, the robots will be like a red dot on your map. So, you know, if they're kind of coming at you, if you're heading towards one, that type of thing. But I think you can avoid them very well. <laughs> Unlike the stink that was just unleashed in Brian's room. There's no avoiding that. That's for sure. Um, but yeah, it's, it's pretty, I, I think the Emmy encounters are cool and it restarts you fast enough that I'm like, I don't worry about it too much. So, but yeah, no, it's, it's an incredible game. And I think if you've ever liked Metroid, it's great. Like, what if you haven't, if you actively dislike Metroid, you're not going to like this game. <laughs> okay. I'm just like saying, I don't think is, anybody really does, but it is, it is probably the most challenging of any Metroid game that I've ever played. Um, but I don't think it's unfair ever. I think it's very fair in the way that it teaches you how to play the game and eventually you get so good at it. Like I honestly didn't notice that much of a difference between normal and hard because you get, if you can avoid the patterns, it doesn't matter how many more hits it takes to kill a boss. Like I feel like the games you've been playing over the last several years have just trained you for this moment. So now Metroid's easy. And that's the thing. Like I, I I played from zero mission. I've played all of the Metroid games. Well, that helps too. And so like, yes, I understand the language of Metroid games a little more than maybe some other people will. And I get that. But like, you know, I think anybody who loved hollow Knight probably won't be that challenged by this game. Cause that game is also very difficult. But Did like, you play that? I played a little bit of it, and I kind of bounced off of it, but I've been thinking about going back to it to give it another try. I also want to go back and play Ori, because I played a little bit I, of Ori. Okay, yeah. I, you know, I've played so many games, now that I think about it. I started Ori in the Blind yeah. Forest. Is that the first one? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Will, and Will of the Wisps is the second one. That, like, at first I was like, this isn't bad, and then it just spikes in difficulty. Yeah. And it's like, what the hell is going on so i'm like at a point now where i think like maybe i'm not supposed to be in the area that i'm in because 
Like I could maybe if I like went back to where I started, I could maybe get more skill points and then things well, would be easier. I don't know. But that game is there, beautiful, by a, the way. And I was like almost crying in the first five minutes of yeah, it. Yeah. It's very sad too. Yeah. John, what were you going to say after you're there, done? Yawning? There is a correlation between like Metroidvania games and souls games. Like they are, they are one in the same breed. You know what I mean? Like it, they, like, they have they all they all have this like difficulty ramp that happens they have this like sense of discovery and like find, getting new abilities to open new areas or like you know knocking down this wall to get into this area like they have all of that they share Hidden shortcuts and things yeah they share thing, a yeah. lot so like it it's um it's funny to me to think like all of my friends who were like really heavily into holy cow John, I've, I've put John to sleep. Yeah, no, I, 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 I'm just tired in general because I was up so late playing golf. Um, <laughs> yeah. But the, like, my friends, the friends played that played the have. Metroidvania style games growing up. Like, I'm surprised I don't see them talking more about playing Souls games because I feel like I have friends who play Souls games and I have friends who play Metroidvania games. And, they're, like, there isn't a ton of crossover there, but I personally feel it. They are very much one in the same, just yeah. two, 2D and 3D versions of each other, you know? I mean, I, th- I think so. I feel like the biggest difference is with Metroid and Castlevania games, like they, or Metroidvania games, any of those games in that style, you unlock areas based on abilities you acquire. And that is not a thing in Souls games. But that's yeah, like a, a I think big... that's the I think that's the main yeah that's the main thing of a Metroid game that isn't necessarily in a Souls like and it, it might be in some cases well because you're not necessarily, necessarily acquiring abilities in Souls games but what you are acquiring is like an understanding of the mechanics of the enemies that you're playing in yeah. a in a way that like you know the the what what am I trying to say the the <laughs> the thing holding you back from the next area is needing to understand how to beat this enemy. And then once you beat that enemy, it unlocks the next area for you to move. But it took a certain level of patience and understanding in order to get through that. And I think you have that same mechanic in Metroidvania games where you're, you still have to beat a boss and do a thing to get to the next spot. Oh, fuck. But I don't know what the hell happened. I just hit this like major wall. Um, yeah, I'm excited to get something caffeinated to drink. For real, I pounded that Mountain Dew, but it did nothing. Um, but anyways, well, and so I the thing that I love most about Metroid games is that like you start off with with not much. You've got your blaster, and you can jump, and that's it. And there's so many obstacles that the game puts in your way. But by the end of the game, you can go anywhere, you can fight anything, you can kill anything. And it even gets to the point where, like, once you get the screw attack in these games, and for the most part, like, there's parts of the levels that just melt away. Like, the obstacles that you're literally trying to, like, traverse over or under, you can run right through them because they're screw attack blocks and they can get destroyed that way. And so... Like, you go from being this almost powerless thing to a god by the end of every Metroid game. And I feel like it's, you know, you eventually get to the point where, like, you can 
speed boost through sections and you understand like there and there's some speed boost puzzle in, the, in this game where like I don't know if you guys remember but like with the speed boost generally you need a certain amount of straightaway for you to be able to hit the speed boost point yeah and then with this game the speed boost will continue if you like roll jump and bounce off of a wall so there's multiple puzzles where you can get a missile upgrade at the end of it that will basically like take it so that you're going across three or four different screens with varied level height environment still carrying the speed boost with you because you're able to bounce off of a wall and then slide underneath instead of firing at a door and jumping over it that type of thing and then at the end of it like it's just so satisfying i have some videos of them i should put them on my twitter it's like so you guys uh, can see them. it's like running in wolf form in castlevania symphony of the night like you catch yeah like when you have the speed of the wolf uh ability you then can like double tap the directional button to go super fast in that one direction and then yeah. if if you can avoid obstacles you can literally hop through entire panels of the game world yes um yeah and so like they're very much like high level and they got really crazy infusion and i feel like these ones aren't quite as hard as some of those but you get to a point even where they got to with the speed boost where if you press the down button as you're speed boosting, you can save that boost for five seconds. And then you have five seconds to get to the point where you needed to use it to hit the button to jump again and then use that speed boost to break the speed booster blocks. So like some of those are even like just crazy, but I and there's something about getting towards the end of these games where it's like the whole world is open to me. I can destroy everything. And it's just, it feels so good. And it's absolutely like lizard brain. Like I get these power-ups and I can do more stuff and it absolutely works for me. So I think that's why like symphony, symphony of the night does not exist without super Metroid being a thing. And like, so I think, you know, yeah, that, and- that, that God level that you speak of is part of my allure to, uh, symphony of the night because you reach mm-hmm. in the very beginning of the game you come in the game feeling like a badass because you're just mowing through this hall of zombies like no problem right yep and then you run into death and he takes all your shit away and you're like fuck oh, i don't even have dick. a sword and then you yep. have to like kill an enemy to get a sword yep. and then you're kind of just building yourself back up to having like the you know your your the demigod and, power yeah. of being half human half vampire and then by the end of the game, you literally are just going like mowing through rooms of enemies that used to take multiple hits and you're somehow just able to murder them in like single hits and blow through yeah. it. Like that, that is a great feeling. And yeah, that's, that's definitely something that like in souls games, at least you don't really ever get that per se, yeah. but you get like the, the finesse of battle, the finesse of the fighting becomes like that, like you become God tier in that. I think. Once you get the muscle memory of like the patterns and like the avoiding, yeah. and as long things, as you yeah. remember to pick up the fucking gun at the beginning of the game, yeah, yeah, absolutely, because yeah. <laughs> you need that. Always check the stairs. You got to be able yeah. to parry. It's That's very the, important. That, I, I like Metroid games because the gun's on her arm; she doesn't have to yeah, pick it up. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> Metroid Dread is fantastic, and I, I think everybody should give it a try because it's just. It's interesting. It's a beautiful game. It's weird because there I don't like Nintendo doesn't put out first party games that have this amount of challenge in them without their kind of being like, "Oh, 
you're having trouble with this part. Do you want us to play it for you? Do you want us to skip <laughs> you forward? Like, that's literally a thing that, like, Nintendo patented for some of the, the new Super Mario Brothers games and things like that. So, like, it, Metroid Dread is a beautiful beast, and, and I hope that this means we'll have more Metroid soon. Um, 2D Metroid, even, because Metroid Prime 4, I think, is going to be fun. But, like, it is just such a joy. Like, I was grinning from ear to ear as I played this game because there's, like, the color to it, everything. It looks gorgeous. It runs very well. I think it's only running in, like, 900p when you're docked, and it's 720p when you're not. But, like, it still looks amazing on my 4K OLED TV. Um, And I very much, uh, you know, it's, it's awesome. It's very, very good. But, aside from that, I did... Decided to keep Brian's uh, pre-ordered OLED switch that he did not want anymore. I, I wanted it. I just couldn't afford it. Well, yeah. So that. But um, it's very pretty. The screen looks very nice. It's very like bright and vivid. And, oh, wow. You know? Yeah. Look at that. It's e- even through off of the monitor. Whatever. Even through Google Meet. Um, but like I, I can't... I, if you have a Switch and you don't play handheld much, I don't think there's any reason to get one at all. It doesn't, like... The build quality is very nice, but, like, the two main advantages. OLED screen looks beautiful, absolutely. Like, it, it's never... Lo- this is the way it should have looked when it first came out. Like, the PS Vita had an OLED screen on it. Like, this thing should have, too. But the only other thing is, like, this kickstand is a thousand percent better because you can literally open it to any angle that you want to set it to and it will stay there. That's sweet. So like that is, it's like infinitely more usable because like if you tried to put that other switch on, like even just like we have Ottomans in front of our couch, I could not stand up the original switch on them because the single kickstand is like, the inch-wide kickstand doesn't do it. But this kickstand runs the entire length of the back of the system, which is very nice. And um, it's very stable. And, like, it very confidently, like, stays where you set it to. So I, I really like that. I think it's built a lot better. And I think, you know, if you don't have a Switch, you should get one. If you play handheld a lot, you should get one. Um, but I don't think there's much reason to upgrade if you if you mostly just play docked. So... Also, you probably can't get one. Yeah, that too. They're seeming to be pretty, you know, scarce, like everything, just like everything right now, including jasmine rice. Yeah, <laughs> and low sodium kikamins. Yeah. Yep. Cool. Anyway, Switch is good. Play Metroid. It's very, very good. I loved it a lot. Sweet. There we go. Any other All games right. uh, you guys want to talk about? I did play something else, too. I, oh. I just keep thinking, I really need to take notes before the show. <laughs> I play. I started diving into Ghost of Tsushima more. Nice. And uh, I am enjoying it. That game looks like... The character models are not amazing, I feel, but like the rest of the game looks like a PS5 game. Mm. Should, I feel... Like, it did looks you, so good still. You didn't pick up the upgrade, did you? You're just playing no. the PS4 version? Okay. It's $30 for the PS5 yeah. version. I feel like that's steep. Like, yeah. if if I had a friend that wanted to play the multiplayer with me, you know, I'd probably have to give the, my copy back to you, actually. Yeah. And buy it. 
<laughs> I'd have to spend thirty dollars, and then you'd have to spend there, seventy. Yeah. There is like a like an updated texture pack or something too, isn't there? Now, there's an expansion as well, like another island or whatever. No, but not just that, and not just like the the PS5 native version. But I thought they did like a like they did for God of War and uh, they. Um, it's on. you can run it in quality mode at sixty frames per second, so yes. it it plays great. Um, yeah, my stuff- only. The stuff Ish. that's hidden behind that upgrade is like controller features and yeah. um, maybe ray tracing. I don't know. I can't. I don't know if there's any ray tracing. I don't think so. Not. But it I, would be nice to have the controller upgrades, but I don't feel like it's like I don't need the expansion for the game because it's going to be enough just trying to play through the whole game. It's yeah. a long game, isn't it? Yep. It's probably 25, um, 30 hours. Yeah. All right. But um, my biggest issue so far is I'm like, I, th- I thought it would be a little easier. <laughs> like, the combat <laughs> is hard to me. Yeah. Like, harder than I expected it to be. It's very timing-based, and there's just... And I just got to the point to where I'm starting to unlock the stances, too. So that's like mm-hmm. another layer of complexity. Um, That I also it- makes me want to go back and play Neo. Yeah, it still does get, it gets easier as you unlock more of that stuff on the tree. Yeah, that's another yeah. one that gets god tier at some point. Yep. You get to the point where you're just, you fucking murder everyone. Yeah, yeah. Where, where you go to do the standoff thing and you can kill four people with it rather that's than That's awesome. Just, you know, yeah, yeah. So. But yeah, I'm enjoying the, the story and stuff so far. And uh, yeah, I'll definitely stick with that. Nice. Since I, I don't, I started to play Hitman, uh, two via hitman three as well and that's like really pretty with the upgrades for the graphics and stuff and it runs at 60 frames um yeah basically you can download the hitman three starter edition for free and you and i you and we got hitman two free through ps plus like last month so i just like installed it in there and then uh it's a little complicated how you have to go about doing it, but yeah, I, I heard it's much nicer on the Xbox where things are not as complicated, but yeah, but it, it works and it's cool. But then I was like, well, I should probably go back and finish the first game before I play the second game. Cause there's actually a, a little bit of a, a story continuity thing going on there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that game's fun. I'm fucking terrible at it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, like, Games like Deathloop, I can get pretty efficient when it comes to being sneaky and being efficient. But Hitman, like, I swear, I'll look all around me and, like, think, okay, I'm in the clear. I can uh, choke out this security guard. Next thing you know, somebody's like, hey, what are you doing there? And he's, they're, like, fucking right behind me, even though I just looked. It's, like, it's so hard to do anything in that game. My main thing in that game was, like, not... I never really tried to take anybody out other than my targets, for the most well, part. Well, you're not for supposed the most, to, really. For the most part. But, like, um, you know, switching costumes seems like a very integral part of that. And I know there's achievements that are like, oh, you killed everybody in Agent 47's default suit or whatever. Yeah. But... Like, it's way more fun to, like, dress up like the chef and then they don't question why you're in the kitchen. And, mm-hmm. you know, certain people have different privileges to access different parts of the level. And so I generally try to find one that'll let me get pretty much anywhere. 
And then I just mostly play the level as that until, you know, I achieve whatever I got to do and then I peace out. But my, my favorite blunder was I was, I thought I was stalking my target or one of the two targets in there. And it was just somebody else that was hanging out in their proximity the whole time. <laughs> so I killed them and it's like, cool. you eliminated a non-target. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and I spent like 10, 20 minutes probably stalking her and didn't realize that it wasn't even the right target. Mm-hmm. I got to say the complexity of the level design in the second game is ridiculous compared to sure. the first one. Yeah. The first one had some cool stuff going on, but like the second one, the, the first main level you play, like the first level, I wouldn't really count as a, like a normal level because it's so short. No, 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 oh, not that one. Tutorial, but okay. The, uh, it's like a house. So you have to sneak in and like steal some stuff, kill somebody, but it, it feels like a tutorial level. It's kind of like stringing you along. Mm-hmm. Um, but then after that one, that, that mission's cool too, but, um, this, this, the first like real sandbox is a race track. Like there's a full blown, like, uh, like formula one or, or yeah. indie car race going on. And the, there's so many people in those, in the crowd and stuff there. It's just insane. There's like this whole, like, uh, conference center to explore and, you can go out onto like the boardwalk area by the ocean. It's crazy. Like I'm, I can't even imagine what the stuff in the third game looks like. Yeah. Um, no, I've heard things about the second level of the third game being like, there's a full on detective you can take on. You can disguise yourself as a detective and then actually go and solve the case that he's there to solve. That's cool. Yeah. So like I I yeah. I really would like to play that level. I just didn't want to skip to it. So it, it it is nice too. I mean, like the game's called Hitman, but it it's not like completely devoid of like morality or anything, you know. They they tell you they encourage you to not kill non targets. Mm-hmm. And every target you kill in all the Hitman games is like a really bad person. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. that's kinda cool. Yeah. But. Well, cool. I'm glad you're enjoying that. Let's do some news real quick. All right. Let us do the news. Um, So, John posted this first story with the rumors of a Bloodborne PS5 rumored to be in development at Bluepoint. As well as a sequel. Yeah, so, I mean, it's interesting, because Bloodborne is kind of like, I I assume the rights are owned by Sony, much like Demon's Souls, Um, so therefore they can do what they would like to do with it, Um, and they don't necessarily need From Software to partake in it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think all of us would be happy if there was a new Bloodborne game, (laughs) and I would be surprised if there wasn't something in the works, you know? Like, why not? Yeah, especially considering its level of success. Like, why haven't they done anything with it? Mm-hmm. Bluepoint has certainly figured out the From Software formula, and therefore, if they were like, hey, we are making Bloodborne 2, then I think that uh, that would be pretty interesting. So, uh, yeah, Bluepoint is one of the ones that just got acquired by Sony. Um, and so, yeah, right now they said that their current focus, this is from comicbook.com, 
Uh, current focus is on a completely original project. Some supporting rumors have suggested that the studio is also working on a remake of a, quote, beloved game. Um, well, that could be is, anything. Yeah, but Bloodborne is, is one of the, the... And, like, the rumors of, like, something Bloodborne being afoot have been swirling for a long time, so I wouldn't be surprised. And from reliable sources, too. Yeah. Did did Blue Point do the Shadow of the Colossus? Yes. yes so it did. could be one of those games too. Like Yeah, but there's none of them. I mean, is that the only one that's beloved? I <laughs> I think so. Like e- people like Eco, but it's not a Shadow of the Colossus. And uh The Last Guardian just came out for PS4, but so did Bloodborne, so I mean, you know, is it gotcha. necessary? It's going to be Jumping know, Flash. That's what it'll be. Yeah, there you go. From the first PlayStation. But, uh, no, that'd be cool. More Bloodborne. We're down with that. Uh, the next Ghost... Re- uh, Polygon record- reporting the next Ghost Recon game is a 100-player free-to-play shooter. Ghost Recon Frontline from Ubisoft Bucharest goes into testing soon. Um, I, I really don't care about this. Yeah, neither does anyone else on the internet. They actually, like, hate it a lot. I don't understand. Doesn't Ubisoft have like twelve of these like PUBG style games? Yeah, like they they, got... they do, but none of them are like focused in like a uh, a franchise that they had already had established. So I think they're just trying to like apply the Ghost Recon name to a battle royale so that they can maybe carry over some of their diehard Ghost Recon people into battle royale. Because everything they're they're like free to play like freemium games from now on or whatever with like select you know triple A titles coming, so I don't know. It's yeah, just, I just, just feel like the them trying to game. they're just trying to milk some shit, man. They're just Maybe. trying to further tarnish Tom Clancy's legacy. I got into that X Defiant test and I haven't played it at all. Yeah, I, didn't I also touch was it. like I don't really want, and <laughs> I don't think we're technically supposed to be able to talk about it. But well, that's dumb. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, yeah, that's a thing. Um, multiple game modes. One's called Expedition. Features a hundred plus players fighting as teams of three. And uh, oh. yeah, that's a thing. If you want it, I'll It'll see. Be coming uh, the test. Uh, players in Europe can test the game on Windows PC starting October fourteenth, and it is bound for PS four, five, Windows PC, Xbox One, and Xbox Series X. As well as on Amazon Luna and Google Stadia. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, once, you're, once you're done playing The Division Heartland and Tom Clancy's X Defiance, maybe you should check out Ghost Recon uh, Frontline. What do you think's next? Free to play Assassin's Creed or Far Cry? Both at the same time. They're just going to announce them at the same event. And it's just going to be a skin on the same game. They're just skins for this Ghost Recon game, but they're going to call it like. Assassin's Far Creed. Assassin's Creed. <laughs> They're going to be like Assassin's Creed Brotherhoods. With a Z. Even though that's already a game that we've already kind of released a name of. We, we'll, we'll put all of the... This is the Brotherhood coming together. You play as a Templar or as an Assassin. Assassin's Creed Long Distance Sobbing. <laughs> yeah. I don't... I. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, there's a big Twitch leak that happened. And, um, yeah, so if you're watching us on Twitch and you haven't changed your password, now is probably a good time. Yeah, you yeah. should. They don't think that um, much of account information was compromised, but it's entirely possible. That's what they always say. Yeah. Um, 
but basically like people people the biggest thing that came out of this was like someone leaked the top creators on twitch like the the payout information they've got payout data for several creators on twitch and uh many all of the creators on twitch uh, if you scroll down to the five millionth row you'll find the midwest game nerds with our payout of seventy five dollars and thirty two i don't know something like that <laughs> but um it's mostly me using my amazon prime <laughs> subscription <laughs> Uh, but no, there, I mean, there's some people, the funny thing is like when the info first got published in a way that people were actually accessing it, uh, they messed up, uh, the decimal point and had to, uh, like there, there were two digits at the end there that should have had the decimal in front of them and they didn't. So people were like, people are getting paid a hundred million dollars for the hundred million dollar payout for Amaranth. I don't know who it was. I (laughs) wouldn't be surprised. But no, it's it's not. Yeah, I mean, I've seen that. Amaranth walk away with ten grand for like two hours of streaming in a hot tub. So <laughs> that's uh, crazy. So yes, uh, the documents here. This is Polygon reporting. These documents suggest eighty-one streamers have made more than one million dollars from Twitch since twenty nineteen, with the top ten Twitch earners receiving in total at least forty-nine million nine hundred ninety-three thousand uh, dollars in those three years. So. Uh, yeah, if you can be one of the top 10 streamers on Switch, you too could be a millionaire. Not us. No, nope. But that's okay. I don't, uh, yeah. I mean, I'd like a million dollars, but I'm not gonna, I, I can't stream my life away. So anyway, that information's out there if you want to check it out. I kind of really don't care. Mostly just makes me sad. Because it's like, there's people who suck on the Logan Paul. How much does Logan Paul make? What did Dr. Disrespect get paid in 2019? Uh, I don't want to know. Yeah. Um, the Spelunky World Record speedrun was exposed as a fraud after eight years. Uh, this is not the this is Spelunky Classic, not Spelunky HD, which is the first Spelunky game that I really fell in love with. But um, yeah, the streamer named Barry Mode, uh, who was not like a well-known speedrunning figure. Um, had a record of two minutes and thirty seconds that stood the test of time for seven for eight years, but um, apparently people noticed that uh, there is a tile that is missing in the transition screen between levels that basically implies that he must have been cheating, and he he finally owned up to it uh, to to the waypoint people at waypoint. I think Patrick Klepik reported for waypoint. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's just interesting that like, it took eight years for people to figure out like, oh, there's, there's a tile missing here. And that only happens if you have this kind of mod installed, which would Uh. assist in what he was doing. And I think he, I think he mentioned that he also spliced a couple runs together, which is interesting too. Um, but yeah, no, it's, uh, shitty of him to do. Cancel culture has no bounds. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's uh, gonna go hang out with that Donkey Kong guy. It's just, yeah, I mean, who Billy cares, Mitchell. man? Is this dude making money off of the stupid speedrun or something? Like, who cares? Like, why do people care about this kind of shit? Uh, I mean, he could be. I, I just, don't know. I don't get it. It doesn't like wh- how many people had to waste how many eight eight years of their lives trying to figure this shit out? Like, no, nobody's nobody's been like watching it for eight years trying to figure it out. It's more you don't like. Know that. It, 
I do know that for sure. But like there there's like sleepless nights watching this run over these, and over again. These they, are the they, people how many how long how 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 long did it take for them to make the King of Kong documentary to prove that Billy What's his nuts was cheating? You know, like <laughs> You know what I mean? Like I mean that was a question during the documentary was like did he cheat when he made that tape and brought it in like that? But that was the that, sole purpose of the documentary. No. Yeah, it was. Let's. It let's, was following Steve Wiebe as he tried to beat the King of Kong. Yeah, like that. That was the documentary. But then Billy Mitchell's like, "Hey, guess what? Here's my tape. I beat Steve Wiebe." Anyway, um, no, like the the thing is that like there are speed running communities. Like when I talk about games done quick, like there are people that are playing Metroid Dread right now. That's one thing I forgot to talk about Metroid. But anyway, there are people playing Metroid Dread right now. And are figuring out ways in which you can beat that game as fast as possible. I watched a, a 45 minute speed run of Symphony of the Night last night where the dude beat every single boss in that game in 45 minutes. And he didn't, there's no game shark involved, nothing like that. But there are things that are like, hey, if I have this exact amount of life and then I equip these items as I walk through the door to death, then it will skip me past death, and I'll keep these couple of items that I need, that type of thing. And so there are people that will watch stuff like this speed run and be like, how is he doing this? And then they try and figure it out, and then they're like, oh, the only way that he's doing this is because he has this mod installed, which also messed up this tile on the loading screen. Like, It's not like somebody dedicated their life to figure this out, but there are communities around games for speedrunning that will try and figure the shit out. And they do. And it's awesome. I think it's great, but it's not like anybody's like, Oh my God, dethrone the King. Like maybe there are some people that take that seriously, but I think there's just people that care. And I guess, man, I'm okay with that. Like, I don't know Barry, what Barry mode does in his actual life, but like, you know, maybe he, he was only plays Spelunky. This is his job. This is what he does. He's probably on Twitch every day streaming Spelunky. Maybe. Probably not. Not anymore. He's number he's he's on line number four hundred fifty in the in the lineup. I don't know, I'm just making all this up. Anyways. Yep. So uh all right, couple more here. Call of Duty is getting kernel level anti cheat called Ricochet. Cool. Yep. Next. Um Kickstar. If you, yeah, if you're okay, if you're a fan of Rainbow Six and you've watched mm -hmm. any of the Rainbow Six like invitationals happen, you probably saw Kickstar. Uh, He was usually the younger looking commentator with the ponytail pulled back. Uh, He unfortunately passed away on October 11th from a fatal car accident. Um, I just I threw this in our news feed because Mm -hmm. I watch a lot of those rainbow six invitationals and he was a great commentator he was one of the first people to go pro with rainbow six and they brought him on board as like their main commentator and he was he was awesome he was great and and from everybody online who talks about watching him play his streams and like him helping other players like get better and everything like he was a really cool dude and uh, i just want to pour some out in respect for him so pour some out for kickstar his mom uh, issued a statement uh, and and had some very nice things to say to the community and also about her son. Uh, and the last line said, Michael worked hard to lift up the Rainbow Six Siege community, and in turn, so many of you lifted him up as well. We are grateful for the love and support that we have experienced from so many of you. Keep it going, pay it forward, and keep lifting each other up, which is very nice and uh, very sad. Yeah, um, he was young. I mean, he had, yeah. what was he, like 20? 20... 28? Yeah. Well, yeah, 28. Yeah. Crazy. So, 
Uh, no, 24. I'm sorry. Math. 24 years old. Very sad. Um, but pour one out. Uh, and then finally, we talked last time about the Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack, which is going to include Nintendo 64 games and Sega Genesis games. Uh, they're also now going to include a $25 Animal Crossing DLC that you will get for being subscribed to the expansion pack uh, at no additional cost. But the expansion pack will be another $30 a year on top of the current $20 per year subscription fee for Nintendo Switch Online. So if you want to play Nintendo 64 games or Sega Genesis games, you have to go from paying $20 a year to now $50 a year. Um, I'm not going to do that. And then pay another $50 for each of the controllers if you want them. Like, I yeah. would rather them just, like, keep it at 20 bucks and then let me buy the games that I want to play for, like, $5. You know? Yeah, I mean, it'd be sweet if they did their virtual console again. Like, I'd be fine with that. Like, it doesn't need to be included in the subscription. I mean, it should be. Like, there's no reason that, like, they couldn't just take all of the... They have a Wii emulator that they put on the Wii U, program it for the Switch, put it on here... And then give everybody all of the first-party Nintendo games immediately. Like, you don't need to put out two per month. I guess they do because they have, like, online multiplayer for the stuff now, which was not a thing back then, but I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, coding things for online is very difficult for Nintendo. Oh, so. 100%. I mean, it's it gen <laughs> generally online play for video games is a pretty difficult thing to decide how to do well. Just talk to the fighting game community about that crap. But, like... yeah. I don't know. Like, they make it so hard. Like, it, it seems like it's so difficult for them to be like, oh, here's all the Nintendo. Like, yeah, nobody's... Microsoft is now getting to the point where they're like, here, have all of our video games all the way back to, like, the original Xbox for free on Xbox Game Pass. That's basically what they're doing, right? Yeah. yeah Nintendo they, they, could go like back 20 years, 30 years of gaming history... And give you some of the greatest games that have ever been made. And they don't do it. Like, yeah, they're trying to sell them to you again. And, like, the Super Mario All-Stars 3D collection or whatever for $59.99. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's stupid. Do you know how, like, the top, here's the thing. The top purchases on the Wii U and the 3DS right now, Metroid games in all of them. The Wii U is the only place that you can currently get, like, a copy of Metroid Fusion and Metroid Zero Mission. It's, like, the only modern console you can play those on. And then the 3DS has Metroid Samus Returns. And all of those Metroid games hit the top ten sales in the last several weeks leading up to Metroid Dread. Why can't I play all of these games on the Switch? I can't even buy them on the Switch. You can play Metroid, the original. You can play Super Metroid. That's cool. But, like, let me play two Game Boy Advance. I will pay you... I would have paid them $10 to let me play each of those Game Boy Advance games on the Switch. Uh, it's not that hard. They hate money, man. No, they're <laughs> trying to get it from you through Nintendo Switch Online for another $30 a year. Granted, it's still $10 cheaper than, like, Xbox Live or PSN, but doesn't really offer as much yeah yeah i mean even with those you get free current generation or even previous generation games each month yep but anyway uh cool story nintendo it's funny you can see all the butthurt nerds that were like this was supposed to be 30 dollars a month instead of like another 30 dollars on top of my 20 dollars yeah but uh 
I can't I can't blame I mean, them. It's, like that's a lot of money to play for Nintendo sixty four yeah, games. Yeah, it's a lot of money to ask people. I mean, well, okay, whatever, fifty bucks a year, not really that big of a deal, I suppose, to some. But like again, we're living in an unprecedented time right now with everything going on in the world, and there isn't a lot of money going around, and there's a lot of people who are quitting their jobs because they're paid and treated like shit. Um, so. I could see people being butthurt that they have to, like, you know, in order to get some semblance of joy out of their lives, they have to spend more money. The you know? the, ru- the rumor that I heard was that apparently Sega needed to be paid handsomely for the licensing of that stuff. And so, you know, with the Nintendo stuff, I mean, they're not all first-party Nintendo games on the 64, but... I mean, if I were Sega, I would have just released all of the individual games as playable games. I mean, half of that... They, there's well, a bunch of Sega games already available on Switch that you can just outright buy if you want. Just yes, do, it most for the, of the, do, the, do it for the rest of your library. Most of the games that are on there are games that you can buy in, like, the Sega Genesis Classics collections or whatever that is, that type of stuff. So it's like, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird, but anyway, that's the news. That is cool. The news. Well, if you want to follow us on social media or see all the places you can listen to or watch the show, check out MidwestGameNerds.com slash links. The Midwest Podcast Network now has a Patreon. The Patreon is meant to benefit all the shows on the network. You can subscribe for as little as $1 a month and help keep our shows alive and well. Check it out at mpn.bz slash Patreon. Thanks again to Jason K, Tom Z, Chris K, and Alan K for the contributions. One of the perks of joining our Patreon is you get early access to our bonus episodes that we call SideQuest. This week, we're going to talk about some new Mountain Dew and some new Pepsi and who knows what else. The, the same thing we talk about every week. <laughs> Beverages. The, the Midwest Beverage Podcast. Maybe we'll try and do Alan's idea, which is a very good one, of... Uh, this week in video game history, but I'll have to do the research live, so it should be good. Right. Because <laughs> I didn't do my homework ahead of time, unfortunately. Yeah. So, please join us for that side quest. As always, we do appreciate your feedback, which you can send to MidwestGameNerds at gmail.com, and don't forget to follow us on Twitch, as well as rate and review us on your favorite podcatcher. We are Twitch affiliates. You can use your free Amazon Prime Twitch subscription on us, if you would like, and take money away from Jeff Bezos and give it to us. <laughs> that would be great maybe one day we can go to space too with or Shatner at, at least maybe we can afford a Nintendo online subscription yeah <laughs> for one of us one that we share yeah but yeah Dr. Dedek in there the side quests are fun to listen to because they try all the new shit too yes we do there you go that's right yes we do and we, Thanks for we tell the us, people dude. appreciate it uh, anyways yeah I'm not sure what we're going to talk about next episode um, I gotta go look and see what's coming out. I don't. What are you, are you pulling? There's up, Alex? uh, yeah. There's there's a few things coming out. They're putting the dying lights out on Switch uh, as of Tuesday, and that's one that you're fun. streaming online. Actually, right? from my understanding, the first game is not going to be a streamed game. I think oh. it's actually a port, but I I don't know. People were surprised with how good it looked. I I have no idea. Maybe it is. I I'm not sure. Dying lights done a great the research game. once again. Um, there's a new the third game in the dark pictures anthology comes out on the 22nd which i still need to play the first two um that's from the people who did until dawn for for the ps4 right on. um and then that guardians of the galaxy game from idos montreal comes out on the 26th i don't want to touch that with a 10-foot pole but i've heard it's actually very good and then uh mario party superstars on the 29th so i don't know there's not a whole lot coming out 
But uh, that's okay. We just covered three brand new video games for all of you. We did. And that was a long time coming. Yeah. Yeah. That was a long episode. So, uh, we'll see. Maybe next time. Next time we're just gonna, it's gonna be Oops All Side Quest and we're just gonna talk about Mountain Dew and Pepsi. (laughs) (laughs) Oops All Side Quest. (laughs) We'll have a soda drinking contest. Yeah. See. Ubisoft the episode, right? Yeah. Anyways, thanks again, everybody, for joining us. We appreciate it, and we will see you next time. Peace.